Do you ever feel that there is more to life than what you're experiencing, but don't know how to get there? At the heart of each of us is a desire to find meaning and purpose. However, many of us don't know where to begin. Welcome to the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Chua. And I'm Pete Cofarcio. This show will teach you to be confident in your identity and embrace powerful mindsets so that you can fulfill your destiny and life purpose. We're excited to take you on a journey to transform your life so that you can transform your world. Welcome to the Transform Your Life podcast with Steve and Pete. I'm Steve Chua. And I'm Pete Cafarcio. So great to be back with you, Pete. I'm looking forward to this week's episode following on from last week. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I'm looking forward to seeing you face-to-face next week. Yes. We don't often get to do this. I think the last time I saw you was when I did that cruise last in May, I think it was, Uh, when I came out to uh, New York City. Easter. Yeah. Easter, Easter, that's right. But uh, I'm totally looking forward to the conference we're doing. Pete and I are part of a a network called Transform Your World with just some really cool people. And uh, I've got one, one of them I'm looking forward to, this guy called Michael Brown. He's actually up in Vejo, California. And he's got this amazing project where over the last, I don't know, seven, eight years, he's been taking uh, people out of prison, okay, as they're coming out, because the recidivism rate's really, really high. I think it was like 75 80%. And he's brought them into his transportation company. And as a result, he's given them new hope, new jobs, built in ways to learn and grow. And as a result, zero people have gone back to prison. Okay. And isn't that amazing? You know, he's he's a great guy. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a whole bunch of people that uh, it's kind of like a little mini reunion and very inspiring, get you back on track with your goals and your vision, set your vision higher. Yeah. And Ed Silvoso, you know, he won't let you sit on your your laurels. Like, it's okay, this is what's next. The guy's, what, 77 and he's just- 77, yeah. He's the head of the movement and uh, yeah, he's just awesome. It's yeah. just awesome. And and honestly, Pete, I probably won't recognize you because all that weight you've lost over the last year. So uh, I'm looking forward to <laughs> seeing the slimmed down version of Pete Capaccio. Really there we fun. go. <laughs> well, Pete, what's our transformation tip for this week? Okay. Well, Steve, you know, I like my little uh, quips and proverbs. And so here's one that rhymes and it's okay. easy to remember. Okay. Mile by mile, life is a trial. Inch by inch, life is a cinch. Hmm, that's kind of in-depthly profound. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to remember, but it's really pertinent for what we're talking about today, which is procrastination. We're going to continue that little two-part series. And this is one of the ways to think about it. If you get overwhelmed, if you think you're tackling a big project and it's weighing on you and it's a bummer, break it down. Like just yeah. take it in little tiny increments. It gets a lot easier than than trying to tackle the, the whole thing at once. Yeah, that's the, we're going to kind of look at that in more depth in a little bit. And you're right, Pete. We're in this middle of our two-part podcast on procrastination. And we decided to procrastinate for a week to do the second part. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, last time we were together, we were giving practical tips on how to deal with some of the causes of procrastination, such as the fear of failure, uh, distraction, and just that 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 nemesis of exhaustion, right? And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to address some more of these causes and look at some practical solutions on how we can help you get jump-started into action. How does that sound, Pete? 
I'm looking forward to it. I need some help. Uh, I think we both too. I think we're, we're coaching ourselves. On this I, we are, we d- like, yes. Disclaimer on both of these episodes, everyone. We are both speaking totally from firsthand experience and, and ongoing struggles with procrastination. So very active right now. Remember, you know, you don't have to be perfect to be a coach, right? so, <laughs> but you have yeah. to be real. You have to be authentic. And, you know, honestly, Everybody that I've ever met at some point in life has had a moment or several moments of procrastination. And so so we're, we're really excited to kind of unpack this. And so, Pete, what's the first area we want to look at in regards to some of the causes that make us procrastinate? Yeah, so continuing on with the list, and, and another topic we want to bring up, we talked about exhaustion, but another one that's, you might not feel physically exhausted, but you could feel overwhelmed. Oh boy, okay. yeah. Yeah. Like you just have too much on your plate. And when you hit this point where there's too much, what happens is you lose the ability to prioritize mm-hmm. and to make decisions. Yeah. And you can come back to your list over and over and over again and never get that kind of clarity. I call that being like in a swirl. Mm-hmm. Um, because that I literally feel that way. My brain is swirling, but it's not making any progress. I just keep yeah. coming back and I can't latch on to the thing I need to do next. And so then I'm, that's a negative feeling in and of itself. So I want to stay away from it. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's those moments where you can't see how everything fits. Yeah. And if you're trying to nail something down and it doesn't fit, it becomes frustrating. And then all of a sudden, if you feel out of control with it, it that sense of overwhelm. And, and so a lot of people, what happens is they, rather than know how to face it, they kind of freeze you know, uh, and and begin to avoid it. Because, you know, going back to the fear of failure thing, okay, when you're overwhelmed and you can't seem to make it fit, you feel you're going to fail, right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, some people go into what are called the ostrich syndrome. Okay, you know how the ostrich, yeah, yeah, their, in the they stick yeah. their head in the sand and they hope that the thing goes away, not realizing that it actually makes things worse. And avoiding is actually a form of procrastination. It causes you to not want to see the reality of your circumstance and live maybe in a la-la land, in a place where you can escape from it. But ultimately, you're just building up the pressure in that. So I want to talk for a moment how we can maybe deal with that sense yeah, of overwhelm. What do, what do you do if, if that's the one that you've identified, that you're in overwhelm? You know, I, I, last week we had that transformation tip was a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it kind of speaks into that because that thousand miles looks like huge, okay? But you've got to break it down. Okay, you, yep. you touched it just now with even with your little inch by inch, life is like a cinch. Yeah. Okay, you, you begin to break things down and dissect things. And sometimes you need to see what I call the macro picture, understand the overall objective of what this project or the situation is going to uh, achieve and what the outcome and what success looks like in that process. Because when you can see a vision for it, you can then begin to put things in place. And you can begin to take all the swirling pieces, like the jigsaw puzzle, and and just begin to place, okay, this goes here, this goes here, this goes here. And you begin to uh, create a plan. So you go from macro to micro and and then create that little micro plan for you to work with. Yeah. Steve, uh, one area I know people tend to procrastinate on is writing. And the equivalent in this is first, just write your outline. That way you mm-hmm. can see the large macro plan, then go and start doing the writing. And I have a, a super hack on this one. If you've gone from macro and you micro and you've got the task and you're still procrastinating, take that first task and micro it again. For instance, 
if you need to speak with someone to interview them or get some research for something that you're doing and you're putting that off, mm-hmm. do a micro micro look up their phone number. I'm not kidding. Like, no. and, and then the next one is dial the phone. I mean, believe it or not, it can really help you get traction before once the momentum kicks in for a lot of us, you're, you're going to be good. You know, the- I, I mean, and that's the crazy thing with procrastination. It's like the moment you activate and you actually do it or do the first step, you kind of go, why don't I do this sooner? (laughs) Always. I always Always, you know. And and so the the fear of something is always worse than doing it. We've talked about that before. One of the other things that I found helpful is what I call the three lines. Because with every project or every situation, there is a finish line. So there's the thing that you want to be able to achieve, the outcome that you want to have. But we need to have what we call a start line. In other words, you need to actually say, okay, on this day or on this moment, this is when I'm going to start doing this. So you have a finish line, a start line, and in between, you set yourself deadlines. Okay, they're the they're the markers along the way so that you know that you're moving forward. Okay, yeah. it's like, hey, you want to lose ten pounds. Okay, so you might want to say, okay, that's the outcome finish line, and I want to lose it in three months. And so you then say, when's the start line? I want to finish eating carbs this week, (laughs) whatever it might be. And next week, no more carbs. So so that's my start line. So Monday next week, that will happen. And then you put those deadlines in. And so each month, I'm losing three pounds or whatever it might be. Because usually when you start, you usually lose a lot to start with. So it could be five pounds and then whatever. And you create those deadlines. Yeah. All right. So break, break a big project down and you won't feel so overwhelmed. Okay. The next area that can cause procrastination is perfectionism, okay? <laughs> that you want something to be done really, really well. And if things aren't lining up or you don't feel like you can do it perfectly, it can cause you to put it off. Sometimes this is called paralysis by analysis, is that mm-hmm. you're just thinking it through to the nth degree and never yeah. getting started. Yeah. I've got somebody who's just one of the most brilliant creative writers, marketing people that I know but one of her issues is that she always leaves things to the last minute, okay? <laughs> She's such a perfectionist, and it's her greatest strength because it's why her stuff is so great. But it's also her greatest weakness because what she doesn't realize is that everybody else is waiting for her, and she's creating huge mm-hmm. amounts of anxiety mm-hmm. for everybody around them. And that perfectionism causes her to get paralyzed, and it's almost like she needs the panic to get her going. Okay. And so that's one of the things that I had to work with her talking about the start lines, finish lines or whatever, but also accountability and so forth in in that process. There's also another guy yesterday uh, I was actually on a call with and he had said, these are my goals for the first quarter of 2023, Steve. And it was six pages of like, (laughs) okay. Everything he wants to do. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, "Um, can I just say something? for a moment you're setting yourself up for disappointment okay the thing is he said to me steve i don't know where to start <laughs> okay yeah. and i just said though there's a reason you've got way too much stuff you're overwhelming yourself you're trying to be too perfect okay and we need to change things so the antidote to perfectionism is instead of thinking like all or nothing like it's got to be perfect think all or something yeah okay getting something started and something out there is better than nothing perfect, right? Nothing perfect is still nothing. Something a little less than perfect is still something. It it trumps it trumps the nothing. So 
yeah, replace all or nothing with all or something. I was just reading something this last week, Pete, on sales. It's interesting. You know how a lot of people want things to be perfect and so looking for the five-star review? Okay, so sure. they want to be yeah. known as five stars. I mean, who doesn't, right? And so they, they're going all out to get five stars. But the interesting thing is what we've learned in the market research is that less people purchase things at five stars than 4.2 stars. Okay, so in other words, people don't trust something that's too perfect. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah, it's not as okay. real. Yeah. Also, something that's too perfect is probably a bit more too expensive. Okay, and people don't need perfect; they just want something that's, that's adequate. Adequate them, but they want it good. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, if you're rated four point two stars, your sales are much higher than people have five stars. So the lesson here is all or nothing. Replace it with all or something, okay? And just get, it's okay to be 4.2. Okay, our next category is uh, catastrophizing, okay? So if you're thinking about a situation or a project or a task you need to do, and you know it's already going to have some element of challenge to it, catastrophizing is when your imagination takes over and makes it much worse than it actually winds up being. Steve, this is, reminds me of a one of my clients who uh, self-admitted is, is, is prone to that. And one of the ways that we coach him through that is have him talk it out. It's like, oh, tell me about how this is going to blow up and get terrible. And when the person verbalizes it, and I'll, I'll play along. I was like, yeah. okay, more. Okay. And, and then I'll say, okay, and then what happens? And then what happens? And you, before you know it, it's like a nuclear holocaust, right? And, <laughs> uh, but or they die or something yeah. like that. And you know, like they laugh about it because they see how silly it gets. But if you don't verbalize it, your brain like can tell yourself that it's real. <laughs> and so, saying yeah. it out loud and verbalizing and seeing how we've gotten way way out of out of hand can help to self correct. No, that's that's really good. I mean, it's it's that it's true. I mean that. We've talked in the past of what we call the beholding principle, right? Mm -hmm. Where that which you behold takes a hold of you. So if you catastrophize things, that will take a hold of you, and all you just see is is blood everywhere. <laughs> okay, yeah, dra the drama. <laughs> yes. Well, one other area, Pete, that I often find with people who are procrastinating, they'll just say, "I'm just not motivated." Okay, and, and there's this lack of motivation, and they're trying to work out. You know, uh, I'm bored, uh, and and really, what's when we when we're dealing with lack of motivation, it's usually that the project or the the task that's on hand, you see it as boring. It's not challenging. And energy uh, drain. Not, yeah, it's not TDS, fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, the reality in life is that we're not always going to get to do everything that we enjoy twenty four seven. Okay, but Steve, I'm I'm a baby boomer. <laughs> I. I, I uh... I yeah. want to be everything about me. But, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 there's there's going to be a reality. I often talk about the 80-20 principle. That in life, if we can get to the place where we can do 80% of what we love to do and 20% of what we don't, you're doing well. Yeah, most really well. Pe most people, we would, we, I try to help them when I meet them. They're probably about, you know, they're doing about 30% of what they like to do and 70% of what they don't want to do. And then we just try and work incrementally how to do that. But when you're in that place where you're just uh, feeling unchallenged, you're stuck with the tedious stuff, um, what happens is you just simply you just simply say, I don't want to do it. You don't have any sense of purpose attached to it. Yeah, so, it piles up. It's like your inbox piling up and things. Yeah, yeah. so we have several hacks on this. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. these are, and just pick one, try it. If it works for you, great. If not, try a different one. The first one is to cluster unpleasant tasks. 
And um, I'll give you an example just from my own life. Um, I run my own business. I run my own coaching business. And I do not like maintenance and routine things. And like accounting is one of them. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Logging my coaching hours uh, toward my certifications, cleaning up my inbox, all these things. I heard this tip and I tried it and it works is now Friday afternoon, I do all of it at one time. All the things I don't okay. like. And the other thing about that, Steve, for me, because it's Friday afternoon, it's like putting a bookend on my work week. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm done. And and I clean it up. So uh, I, like that. I like that. I like that idea. Just kind of compartmentalizing that at a certain point. All at one time. And and I have this little routine. I have the list written out and I just go, chung, ka -chung, ka -chung, ka -chung. and it's, it's less interruptive, if you will, than if I have to do it during the week. And I know it's going to get taken care of. And here's the surprising thing. I actually have gotten to the point where it goes a lot faster than when I first tried it. I can get it all done now in about 40 minutes or less. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So anyway, cluster unpleasant tasks. That's really good, Pete. Well, the other one is also do the hardest thing first while you still have energy. In other words, when, you, when you're looking at all these tedious things or whatever it is, get it out of the way, okay, so that you can then enjoy and finish the rest of the day doing things that energize you. A couple of years back, I had one of my clients and he had uh, one of his kids on probation at university because he wasn't doing the work. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. um, bright kid, he went back, took a year off, came back within the same semester he was in probation again. And he was just not doing his work. So he asked me to come along and, and I met with this guy and I found out that one, he was super bright. But he just didn't want to do the tedious thing. He would get bored. Yeah. He would get bored and he, he'd then play video games, do whatever. So I did this thing, do the tedious things first. So he started doing that because I asked him, how long would it take you to do this out of 15 minutes? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so he started doing it. Today, he's getting straight A's. He's going right across the board. And it's just that simple principle. I'm going to get the tedious things out of the way first. That was a game changer for him. Wow. So that might be a, a great way to do things. Yeah, it might work for you. Yeah. Uh, the next one is make it fun somehow. There's a word out there right now. It's called gamify, uh, gamifying. Um, a lot of corporations are now using this. A lot of yeah. apps that you get on your phone that are productivity apps, they'll they'll build some kind of gaming reward system into that. Yeah, yeah. I've done it a few times for myself, actually, especially, again, with the tedious stuff. Uh, I love Tetris. Do you, do you, did you ever play Tetris? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I, if you know anything about me, I love just to squeeze things in. And so I took all the different tedious things like a Tetris block, and I said, I've got to squeeze it in this amount of time, in this amount of space, and whatever. And so I self-challenged myself, made it into a game. And several times, actually, it was just the game changer for me. So if you can make it fun... Just challenge yourself like a game and just... Yeah, add the challenge to something yeah, that's so not challenging. I, you yeah. know, so this thing, I, I'm going to see if I can... Last week, it took me five minutes to see if I can do it four minutes this week or whatever it might be. That's mm -hmm. sort of... That's great. Uh, that incentivizes yourself. Well, Steve, um, now the Tetris song is going on in the back of my mind. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Maybe... Here's another thing you can do. Maybe you can delegate these things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if it's, you know, at a kind of a higher level, maybe you get a virtual assistant to take on some of these things. Maybe, you know, if you have employees that report to you, maybe there's some things you can delegate there. This works especially well if the person you want to delegate to actually enjoys these kinds of things. Some people love maintaining a routine, keeping things tidy, keeping things cleaned up. And if you let them, they'd be happy to help you. 
I've actually had a number of uh, CEO clients that they feel that they're responsible for everything, so they tend to micromanage and hold on too tightly. Yes. And they're actually doing things that they're not actually supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, or they're actually doing things they're not actually gifted in doing, but they they're so tightly controlling it. And so, if, you know, when you realize you don't have to do that, that's when the delegation takes place, and you're actually giving it to people who actually enjoy certain tasks. You know, yeah. so. And then a cousin to delegating is collaborating. Now, that's mm-hmm. not when you're getting it off your plate. It's you're inviting someone into your world to help you get it done, and you do it together, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak. And um, or. Or maybe you're stuck uh, because your brain is limited and your talent set is limited. And somebody else just poking their head into your your task or your project and giving you maybe a little suggestion or something can just bring new energy to it. And you're working on it together. You feel better about it. And bam, it just breathes, uh, you know, like wind under your wings, so to speak. And just well, I'm like, hearing the romantic music going on right now, <laughs> Pete, because... I'm so grateful for you coming into my podcast. <laughs> okay. The collaboration. Yeah, it you know, really, it, it really yeah. is fun. You know, when I was doing my myself, I had to keep coming up with information. I keep talking and whatever. And a shout out to H- Hannah again. Yeah. Hey, hey, dad, you really need someone to, to work with. And who walks into my life? Da, 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 yeah. Pete Cafaccio. So, so thanks, Pete, because I love that collaboration. And Steve, I had my own podcast as well and I enjoyed doing it, but it was a drag. You know, because especially this part, I get stuck. Like, oh, what am I going to say now? And you and I like work really well together. So there you go. Romance here, right? Romance, (laughs) collaborate, which kind of helps us with the next thing because, you know, a lot of lack of motivation is because you feel alone in something or you feel controlled by something. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it often will, when we have that belief that we're kind of isolated and alone and there's a lack of connection. We just sit there by ourselves and we actually need sometimes connection and relationship to motivate us and to get us going. Yeah. You know, we had talked about that collaboration, but you know, a lot of people are working from home now and mm-hmm. a lot of people have side gigs as well. This is like on the increase. And I have to tell you about this tool, Steve, that I discovered. It's called Focusmate. And mm-hmm. go to focusmate.com. Okay. It is a free service. They have um, premium services as well. But it's essentially this, like, did you ever go to maybe the library to get your homework done with a friend? Mm-hmm. You're just sitting at yeah. the table, but you're just doing your things together, but you're not really talking very much. That's what Focusmate is. It sets up a video call. And the only thing you do, it's, you set it up for an hour. It's got a scheduling part built right into it. It clicks in the videos. And the only thing you say is, this is what I'm going to accomplish in the next 50 minutes. And you, you both say that. You go on mute. And you just get your work done. And it's like having another person sitting in the room with you. And then when you're done, you come off mute and say, how much did you get done? Or did you complete it? And I don't know why it works for me. It totally works. No, I I get it. I mean, my my daughters do that right now. You know, they're both working. You know, one's a teacher, one's in uh, Hannah's does all the media stuff. You know, a couple of times a week, I see them sitting around my dining room table. And they're just doing their own thing, but it's just something about having some connection. Yeah. It's almost like a subconscious accountability that takes place. And that, in one sense, that's also why it's good to find somebody to do something with, even though it may be a different project. I mean, last year, my wife and I, we realized that we needed to get into a good exercise rhythm and we found a great company called the Exercise Code. And so we realized we needed to be accountable. So we were going to this coach, but at the same time, we did it together. And that in itself 
cause us from just sitting there doing nothing and thinking about it to actually activating because we held each other accountable and, and if you like, encouraged each other to move forward. So I, I, I think this whole area of focus mate or having somebody around, it's just very inspiring. Yeah, it works um, for me anyway. So give it, give it a try. And that one's free. Focus mate's free. So yeah, check I, it out. I didn't know that. I, I wish to do that. So any other tips for us? This yes, week? I have the last one and we saved it for the end because we want you to try all the other ones first. But sometimes, this is an exception, but sometimes the best solution is just don't do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just just give up and quit. Open, no, seriously. The we'll opposite of Nike. Okay. No, yes. Nike, just, do just, do it. It. just don't just do don't it. Don't do it. <laughs> okay. Now, like sometimes it makes sense to give up. You know what? Some days you get the bear. Some days the bear gets you. And if it's just beating you up, you have tons of anxiety, you've tried everything else, just chalk it up as a loss and move on. Because if it's if it's got you paralyzed, it's got more power over you than it really needs to have. And you just need to get moving on to some other things that you can get done and get some get some traction in your life. This is rare. We don't want you to use this as an excuse for laziness. We don't want you to say, oh, well, Stephen Pete said I can just give up, right? But there are times when it makes sense. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know what? You just, just let it go. The time passed. It's no longer fresh. It's going to be, even if you did finish it, nobody really can use what you're, um, what you're going to produce. Wave it goodbye. Forgive yourself. Determine not to do it next time and, and just get back in the saddle. Yeah. Just don't do it. Well, this week's transformation application, for those of you listening, you know, we've gone through a lot of the causes, the overwhelm, the perfectionizing, the catastrophizing, and the whole motivational uh, issues and, and what follows from that. But this whole area of just breaking things down actually is probably one of the most practical things when you're feeling uh, that something's too big. All right. And so remember the three lines, the finish line, the start line, and the deadlines. That's really what I want to do. If you're wrestling with something right now, okay, think about the finish line. Think about, write out what the outcome is and when you want to finish it. Put a a date attached to it and then say, okay, this is when I'm going to start. Okay. And give yourself that moment so you can build yourself up, you know, to the race that you're going to run on this one. And then in the process, then create some deadlines, maybe create some accountability with someone so that those deadlines can be met. So that's going to be the transformation application right now. And if you begin to activate, it will destroy the procrastinate. There you go. Did you like that one? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So remember, begin to activate will destroy the procrastinate. Yeah. Yeah. You just, a lot of times you just need momentum. Just, just get it started and you'll, you'll get into a flow. Well, Hey, Steve, this was awesome. Let us know how it goes, you know, give it a try. And you know, you, you deserve uh, to, to treat yourself better, not have this hanging over your head and beat yourself up. Absolutely. Well, everybody get activated. Have a great week all. It's been a fun. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Transform Your Life podcast. We'll be releasing a new episode every Monday, so we hope you'll continue to tune in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show to reach more people around the world. If you're looking for coaching or more resources, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or our Instagram page, From the Insight Out. 
If you want to connect with me, Pete Cafarcio, go to PeteCoaching.com. And if you want to connect with me, Steve Chua, go to SteveChuaIntl.com. Remember, we want to help you transform your life so that you can transform your world. Have an awesome week, everyone. <laughs>